Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here we go. Ross Ford Radio, number 12. Back with... Miz in Denmark, <laughs> loving life, made it to the living room. <laughs> My venture for the day. <laughs> how is how has your week been? It's a week since we last heard from you. What's going on? Um, I'm actually packing up my house to move. Well, apartment. People in Denmark tend not to have houses unless you're a millionaire. Um, okay. Yeah. So we're moving, we're moving into the city centre. So. Copenhagen. In Copenhagen, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exciting, bright lights. Bright lights, big city. Trams. <laughs> it's just we're on the edge of the city now and it's, as with the edge of every city, there's lots of new developments and there's just a lot of building work and it's not doing great things for my brain having all this noise around, so. It's horrible for the chakras. It's horrible for the chakras. Yeah, exactly. Roll out Which, funnily it. enough, is what we're going to talk about today. Sound and vibrations. They're all out of whack. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, we set the theme of um, music and how that goes in in yoga. So my experience of yoga, I spoke about, I've done, just done Bikram. Yeah. There's no music. No. Zero music in, in the Bikram, in the hot yoga. Um, but... When I have done, because I personally teach Pilates, which is obviously quite different, it's a different vibe, but we do have music on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have two playlists. I have kind of a happy, jolly playlist, which has got like lots of Bill Withers and stuff like that on. <laughs> uh, and like acoustic things. And then I have a really weird one. Uh, like, have you heard of Seagar Ross? Yes. The uh, Icelandic people. Yeah. Good because there's no lyrics and you can kind of get lost in it. But mm-hmm. I did it once and there was kind of some train dancer in there being clever. And afterwards he says, oh, I like the Disney theme tune. Okay. As if he was being a bit like, I don't know. Is Sigurus Disney-like? I thought it was no, a lot I mean, more it's sort kind of... of quite big and emotional. It might be kind of quite cheesy. It's like, potentially it could be easy wins in terms of musical structure i don't know i don't know anything about music um yeah i kind of got what he meant but then i was like i hope i never see you again (laughs) well this is the thing i mean i have different playlists i i make different playlists for my classes and it could be everything from like floaty chanting music if it if that's appropriate or for my more active classes which are probably more like your pilates i just put on stuff that i like so there'll be a bit of reggae a bit of raikuda nick cave different things so uh the idea of my playlists is that you kind of create the same peak and then slow that you do in the actual physical class so, yeah, trying to make it not too distracting for people that they're like, 
I like this song. Yeah. But it sort of keeps them in the momentum of the of the class, really. Even though people do say at the end of the class, oh my God, I love that track that you put on. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. So what is, have you had any bad experiences with music? Like, have you put something on and gone, oh God, this is terrible? Uh, yeah, sometimes. So, oh God, the other week, I, the other week somehow my Spotify had gone on to shuffle and um, and we were, <laughs> we were still in the warm-up, like doing this nice warm-up and all of a sudden this reggae track came on and I was like, oh. No, I've not honestly not had any bad experiences, really. Just um, sometimes people giving their own personal feedback about whether they do or don't like music in the class. Um, and I guess, again, it comes down to people's level of concentration and what sort of, well, literally resonates with them. Some people can only keep their concentration when they've got themselves there um some people like to have a rhythm to move to so it kind of connects with all those neurological things in your brain that people at harvard have done research on you know music therapy sort of things about um the dopamine in your brain and the happiness and stress relief and things like that of music it gives you a nice kind of sympathetic space to be in and it yeah. can take you away from the stress of what you're doing in your yoga class maybe <laughs> yeah I think certainly I mean when I teach spin obviously music is an essential part of that and the the tempo and the energy is um is pretty important and I struggle to find new spin music because the tracks that I've got feel like they fit perfectly to the mood of what I want the person to do, whether it's kind of an intense, um, intense hard work, like uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana is perfect for an easy bit and then a hard bit. Um, and then there's certain climbs, climbs that don't have to be slow. They still seem to have a certain amount of urgency to them in the, in the music. Mm -hmm. So it, it can be so, I find it hard getting another song that'd be absolutely perfect. The yeah. Other, the other band that are absolutely perfect for spin for a certain kind of track was the Lost Prophets, but we definitely can't play those anymore. Oh no, we can't use those anymore. No, absolutely that's not, not allowed. Which is no. terrible, which it is what it is. <laughs> so where do you, do you, where do you find the inspiration for the music? Do, do you go looking for yoga music or does it kind of hit you as you're on your shuffle? What's that sort of story like? Um, there are, well, I think there are some things that come to mind, um, music that I know, because before I was a yoga te teacher, I worked in, in the music industry. So I've got quite a good understanding of different types of music and I, I've got loads of my own records and things like that. So sometimes I know songs that aren't necessarily automatically put together with a yoga class like what well, I've got um, a Nick Cave track at the moment that is really nice for the end of, of of class and it's just really soothing and relaxing I love Nick Cave and and I don't think that's a usual thing to put in to a yoga class um, but I also did some research. I teach uh, yin yoga and relaxation classes. 
Um, and I also did some reading around um, the right sound to use because I didn't want to just sort of go on Spotify and go, you know, meditation playlist. I wanted to try and find stuff that actually allowed the people to start to sort of embody what they were doing in the relaxation class that that first of all wasn't going to be relax and uh, um, distracting but was actually going to help them relax so this is when I started reading about these different things from Harvard and psychologists and different things around like the psychological benefits of music I think there was a Harvard study that showed there was a 26% increase in people's blood flow when they listened to music. And um, yeah, like we just said, stress relief, it lowers your cortisol, stimulates your memory. It can, listening to a, the right kind of music can just do the right things psychologically because your body responds to vibrations. So um, yeah, I put together some playlists of, um, music that had been specifically created and it's not music like you know like Nick Cave or Bill Withers or whatever um it's lots of humming and sounds and it just it's more on a vibrational level it works with yeah. your brain frequencies so I've got a couple of of playlists if you can call them that that are around that kind of thing as well and that's specifically not just to keep people's momentum in the class, but to put them into more of a psychological state. So they align with what their physical practice actually is. So, yeah. Dead useful. And <laughs> I think it's it's good to have that um, kind of, uh, you can put your own stamp on a class. Yeah, you can do. You can, definitely. I mean, in my more active classes, when I've got one of my own, like, personal playlists, people know there's me and another couple of teachers who actually put on music that we like, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, you've got to put music on your like. like yeah. I, I think when I've taught spinning big globo gyms, because mine, I look at music kind of from all angles and don't, like, you can't not do a spin class without some dance music on but I don't yeah. love dance. I don't love dance music. So it's kind of that daft punk prodigy kind of alternative side of dance music. And there's a few trance ones that stick on there, but then a lot of it comes from rock and alternative. Mm -hmm. So I, it feels that that's my stamp and that's my genre and people love me for it, but the general population are kind of a little bit lower on it. Do you find that is something that you come across where you could be a, a bit more commercial? I, I couldn't be commercial, no. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We couldn't be commercial, but if we were, do you think that would affect sort of the class? And your um, personality in that class? Yeah, I mean, people come to yoga classes for this sense of detachment from this sort of hecticness of the world, et cetera, et cetera. So... You know, you've got to do something that's going to sort of send them somewhere else. And I don't think pop music is necessarily the the thing to do. Um, like, it, it's about remaining authentic, I guess. Yeah. Um, and this is, like we said before, a big discussion in the yoga world about remaining authentic. And there are lots of things around traditional music in yoga 
and chanting. Um, I mean, everyone will have heard um, yoga people and meditation groups saying Om. Um, and this sound is said to be the sound of the universe. So it's a basic sound and chanting it sort of symbolically and physically tunes us into this sound and acknowledges our connection to everything in the world and in the universe. Um, and chanting has been a part of ancient Indian culture for like forever and Buddhist culture and you, yeah. you know group singing. Um, but that isn't something that I will do in my classes um, because that's not been a part of my practice. I go to classes where they do that, but it's not something that has been, you know, a deep part of me and a deep part of my, my training. Um, and like I said, my background is in regular music, indie music, rock music, things yeah. like that. So my authenticity is to stick with what I know. I'm not just going to dip into something and shove it in my classes just because, you know, you've got to, You've got to remain true to your yeah. own knowledge. Absolutely, yeah. And people, I think people can tell when you're faking something or you're just throwing something in for the sake of it. Or if you absolutely, if you've seen something and you've you've kind of stolen it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and thrown it in. People know. People can tell that it's not it's not true from yours. I remember when I did my um, spin training. Sorry to go back to spin on a yoga pod. But <laughs> the um, the bloke said, oh, yeah, sometimes I get a candle out and light it at the front for people to concentrate on. I'm like, okay. are you not dying? Like, I'm when I'm teaching spin, that's my workout. I get into it. I haven't got time to jump off and light a candle and get people to focus on it. But, I mean, if he's planned it and, and seen someone else do it and da-da-da, I could do it. But, yeah, no, <laughs> not the candle. no. And, and no, I mean, I wouldn't do chanting in my classes. I like participating in that kind of thing. You know, there are yeah. traditions all across the world that have done singing and chanting Aboriginals, Native American Indians, etc. But that's not where my culture is from. So that's not something that I would include in my yoga classes just for the sake of it. Um, like, I also don't say namaste at the end of my classes. I understand what it is, but... There's also Give been that. controversy around that. that. Why is this controversy? I need to know. <laughs> I've seen this before and I've seen it like on um, on like uh, clickbait. Why I don't say namaste anymore. And I'm like, yeah. Why is it yeah. Where does it come from? Talk to me. Um, well, again, it's, the, it's this cultural appropriation thing. Um, so just taking parts of different cultures for the sake of it. And I mean, if you are practicing yoga, yoga itself comes from ancient texts in a completely different culture to the one that you and I are from. So there is an amount of copying or learning from that, but you've got to find that fine line between, well, like we've said, doing something for the sake of it, just doing it, just adding it in, making yourself look a certain way, making yourself sound a certain way, playing certain sort of music, just because, you know, what is your justification for doing that, I think, and I was, I was going to say confronted, I wasn't confronted, because it makes you sound aggressive, aggressive I was spoken to, 
I was spoken to by this Indian guy after class once who genuinely asked me if I knew why I was saying that at the end of class because it, it's a greeting and there are very mixed opinions on saying namaste um I think it depends on where in India you're from. Yeah. Um, they have or had have the caste system in India. Um, certain people who don't speak to other lower people, etc. And this guy was trying to explain to me that this greeting, just where he was from in India, wasn't something that was said to everyone. It wasn't just something that you threw out there in a class. It was a very personal thing, showing respect. Um, and that was my understanding of it. And I thought it was okay to use it in a class, but in his opinion, it wasn't. Right. And these are the discussions that have come up. Um, is it appropriate to say it? Yes, it's a, it's a greeting that says, I honor the light in you and you say it in return. Um, yeah. There are different words in, in other languages and cultures that mean the same thing. But you may as well just say thank you. Do you not say both? It, it made me feel decidedly uncomfortable because I felt like I was using it inappropriately. And even though my dad's from Pakistan, which isn't close to India. <laughs> I know it's from India originally. Um, it, it, it's not something that was ever in our family. And I thought about this and I thought, well, so you have just been adding that on because you think it's the thing to do. Yeah. And it's one thing working people through the sequence and through poses and teaching them that. But I understand those poses. I understand the physical practice and the benefits and stuff. But I didn't really understand why I was saying namaste. So I don't say it anymore. I just say, thank you. Yeah. I mean, that makes, yeah, that makes sense to me. And it's like, would you classify it as more important as saying dinner at 12 o'clock and lunch at 12 o'clock? Is it like that? Or is it more important than that? Yeah, I think it it's a little more, more important than that. Between dinner <laughs> and lunch. Because you're saying a nice thing. <laughs> not like you're saying a bad thing. Why could anyone get possibly get upset by it? Well, because it, it's been in in the broader sense of cultural appropriation in yoga, there are certain things from the traditions that are revered in a more religious sense. I mean, yoga itself isn't necessarily a religious practice. Yeah. Um, particularly in the West. Um, but there are certain things that have come from the deeper religious and spiritual practice um, that have been taken and bastardized quite a lot. It's the only way to say it. So these T-shirts that say uh, Namaste today and things like that. And it's like, mm, that's no, don't do that. That, that's not no. you, you get people complaining about the the kind of um the image of muhammad in south park it's along the lines of that you know you just don't do it you don't take something that's from a, a religious place or a spiritual place and twist it it's one thing taking the stuff and learning about it but twisting it into these logos and slogans and things like that so I just became a little uncomfortable with being more in that place than the yeah. knowledgeable authentic place so 
Yeah, I think it's the same thing with the music and the chanting and the understanding of opening a class with OM. If that is something that you understand, I've spoken to teachers before who do that at the beginning of the class. They don't understand the, the <laughs> it's a three syllable word. They don't understand the metaphysics behind it or, you know, they just do it. So I think the entire thing with teaching a yoga class, even coming down to like we're talking about the music, should really look at your your authenticity. Because you know as a teacher that unless you're teaching what is true to you, you can't speak about it properly. You couldn't just throw things into your beloved spin class for the sake of it. Because if someone asks you about it at the end, you're going to be stumped. So... Yeah. yeah, I mean, spinning is quite simple in that aspect because it's just riding a bike. I guess, yeah. <laughs> riding a bike. Um, so you also wanted to speak about um, some more authenticity things, or do you feel like you've the Namaste thing was that, or was there some more? Well, I guess I mean it's a it's a huge discussion. There are if, if people want to want to read up on people who are a little more knowledgeable than me. There's a great lady on Instagram called Susanna. I've got a profile open. Susanna Bar Barkataki. Have you done actual research? I follow her on Instagram and she's really, really good. Um, there's another lady called uh, Nadia. Her handle is the yoga dissident. We can add these on afterwards. Yeah. And they put out all these discussions about uh, visual representation, language use, music use, words in yoga. And I think it's because certain things in yoga have become a trend. Like it's really trendy to sort of suddenly make yourself look like a hippie earth child and wear all the right beads and things like that. And yeah. take all these things from, uh, you know, people's religion, people's culture. Um, I remember seeing a Vice magazine um, video online when um, one of their reporters had gone to Burning Man and um, was interviewing some girls at Burning Man and they were just these, you know, middle... Oh, here's the cat. The cat's coming to say hello. Uh, <laughs> Not the first time today. Just these girls from LA who were, you know, middle-class white girls from LA and they were covered in all these spiritual symbols and things. They had dreadlocks and an OM sign tattooed to the thing, but they had, you know, a red in, uh, uh, Native American headdress on and some mala beads. And it was like, oh my God, which, what are you right. doing? It was like right. a spaghetti bolognese of cultures, but- um, Hang on, yeah. what's wrong with spaghetti bolognese now? Nothing, spaghetti bolognese is beautiful. It's beautiful as it is, but it's not got OM signs associated with it. <laughs> I mean, can you not just leave it? Are they not just having fun? Or is this like, are they like going against things? Are they putting up against each other? Well, I, th I mean, I think, yeah, people are having fun. But the questions that have come around now are go a little deeper than some people think around, like I said before, cultural appropriation. And particularly in light of everything that the whole world has, has noticed around Black Lives Matter and lots more open discussions about the difficulties that different uh, cultures, races um, experience, that this 
use of things from different cultures um, to some degree adds to the oppression of those cultures. Um, like I said, taking the word namaste and putting it in stupid slogans on t-shirts is belittling the relevance of that hugely spiritual thing or an om sign or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's belittling the, the relevance of that in that culture and turning it into some marketing thing for the West. And I think this is the these are the main discussion main discussions that uh, Nadia and Susanna talk about on on Instagram um, around cultural appropriation and how it's not just doing something for the fun of it because it might look nice. That in itself is is completely squishing the the meaning of these things, I guess. But it's a big discussion. It's a really 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 big discussion. <laughs> Well, yeah, we're discussing it. We're discussing it. <laughs> yeah, and, but I mean, in, in its most basic sense, in a yoga class, for me, I don't want to put things in the yoga class that don't mean something to me, um, really. And I mean, I'm the same when it comes to even talking about poses that we're doing and stuff. I, I make sure that I understand the poses that we're doing and the benefits of those poses and how people yeah. need to do them properly in a physical sense. So for me, I, I've got that type of brain where I have to have the sort of scientific justification before I actually let the stuff come out of my mouth. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, and I think that's testament to you that you, you're providing a quality and you're not just throwing things together for no reason. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah, because yeah. I mean, I've come across teachers before who just, you know, and, and, and like I said, it's a, it's a fine line between taking something to learn from it and actually copying something just because you don't put the effort in yourself. Um, I've come across teachers before who just copy their favorite teacher's sequences and there's nothing of themselves in there. There's nothing of, of them and what they've learned and their experiences. They just did a nice class with someone. So they write it, they go home, they write it down and that's what they deliver. And it's like, well, yeah. that's not your thing. It's like there's it. a copyright to a degree, particularly on vi vinyasa classes, I guess, which are more creative. Um, Bikram that you did is different. Which is a vinyasa one? I did one online with you. What, which one was that? Um, probably, probably vinyasa. I don't know. It was ages ago. I can't remember. But you got your Bikram, and that is a copyrighted sequence. Um, I mean, check with Zana, but it, it's been a it's a global phenomenon. Bikram, as is Ashtanga, and it's a set sequence that is right. done with a purpose. Um, vinyasa is more creative and choreographed, and that is where you put a little bit more personal passion into it. So that is where you will put the music and you will create an experience. So copying somebody else's takes it away from the opportunity for people to embody what they're doing in their yoga class, because you're not embodying it yourself. Yeah. You're stealing it. So, you know. <laughs> the th yeah. The thing like, what I like about Bikram is you kind of know what's coming. So you yeah. can you can work into it and you know, right, I've got to concentrate. This is my hard bit. This is my weak bit. And yeah. I know when I teach Pilates, my class, 
is very similar each week in the yeah. same vein as Bikram because my my vibe for Pilates is that I I'm do the purpose for me is to get people in good posture in good function so when they walk out they feel better and the life is they can um they're better equipped to deal with what the life's going to throw at them which is like going to be a lot of sitting potentially a lot of computer things um Pilates for me it's not about getting the toned washboard abs or getting a perky bum it's about more functional and keeping yeah. hold of what you've got so yeah. it's always going to be when I teach a little bit on your back a little bit on your front a little bit mm -hmm. on each side um, some stretches of the hips to open that up and so sometimes I beat myself up a little bit that yeah maybe you should do just do like a leg toning one or another this toning one but I think leg toning and leg strengthening is all in the gym. Mm -hmm. Pilates is about opening up your hips, developing posture, working against this phone and desk posture that we're getting. Yeah, yeah. So I always kind of work towards that, but Pilates and yoga are two real, real different things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can do the same in a yoga class as well. You can have a, a, a yoga class that is just completely floaty and choreographed and it's just lots of lovely movement you can do one that concentrates on a specific specific body part so I have some that are really leg heavy so we do the warm-up we do the hip opening the stretching and then yep. everything we do is standing balances or crunches and core work and constantly working on you know strengthening the legs things on tiptoes things for thighs etc so Whilst in a vinyasa class, you are choreographing a sequence there for me and, and a lot of other teachers, there will probably be a purpose to that, like an overriding purpose. Yeah. Um, and this is where your music comes in, in terms of what your aim is for the class. So have you got your warm up bit and then you peak in the middle where everyone's going at yeah. it a little bit harder? Is there a bit where they're going to have to concentrate because they need to do a standing balance or an arm balance or something? Um, so, yeah, I mean, you can structure a yoga class so there's a purpose to it, even though it's not the same every week. Sometimes I just do weird yeah. stuff, though. It's never, yeah, it's never the same, but I like, yeah, I, I don't want to say functional. I don't like that word functional. But, well, in terms of yoga? Or my, for my, my Pilates class. Okay. So I don't want to say functional, but it's a bit functional. Mm, yeah. But everything's Well, fine. I guess functional in the sense that you're, like you said, you're giving people the tools to be able to go out into the outside world and function. Mm -hmm. Um, whether that's on yeah. a specific body part or whether that's on an emotional level, you've got the blood flowing, you've got their breath working, you've yeah, yeah, yeah. given them the level of concentration, like you said last time, to be able to face little battles. You know, that's the purpose of these of these classes. Pilates, I think, in the way it was invented by Joseph Pilates, was as a you could you say invented. Or is that more with a machine? Anyway, created. Yeah, I think... It was by that guy that it was for rehab purposes, wasn't it? Yeah, and he he sort of did, he wrote the book, literally. Um, and then it's everybody else's interpretation of that. Yeah. And how that all worked. Um, 
Yeah. And I don't dip into the Pilates community very much. I've gone and got my certificate and then come away from it. Right. Um, yeah. And there are there were kind of people, his disciples who are still around, mm-hmm. who teach his method and his ways. And there's yeah. a, there was a, a German certificate, I think, Schlott or Schott or something like that, which is proper, like, this is a proper one. We're doing the proper Pilates course, but mine was with... Um, future fitness or something like that but it, it, it was a smash and grab job for me go get your certificate and come out i would not not recommend future fitness for any classes or any kind of certificate whatsoever they were okay <laughs> it was just the woman who came and did the exam at the end was just horrendous and just rude to everyone right okay horrible okay but that's that's a different that's a different podcast. Yeah, forget that. <laughs> but I guess it is the same in yoga. There are there are different types of, of practices like Bikram or um, Ashtanga. You can you can do an Ashtanga training um, with the son of the man who originally put it together. Mm. Um, and I can't remember his name right now, but that makes you like an official. Da, 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 Ashtanga teacher. Yeah. Um, there was also a guy that created uh, rocket yoga, which is quite fun. And again, a set sequence and it's a lots of handstands and a lot more jumping around and stuff like that. And again, you can do your, your or could do your training with him and be, you know, officially trained. But there comes a point when these people have gone and, you know, they're not traveling the world and they were around too long ago and they've sadly died so someone needs to take up the baton of the training don't they well yeah absolutely Absolutely. yeah they need to keep that baton going (laughs) and again I guess it's finding the right one isn't it so you know like we're saying about the authenticity of it it's doing your research and finding the right training that's that's going to tick the right boxes and not take you too far from that thread of of you know the right the lineage they are called lineages in yoga the same as in like martial arts and stuff I guess yeah that effectiveness I think yeah. we've come to a a natural conclusion on the pod okay we've done a nice little forty minutes or just less than because well yeah whatever we have um, I don't think we're going to have you on again okay purely because you're going to start your own yoga podcast. Am I? Yes, definitely. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> well, we'll see. We need to think of a t- you need a title and a logo, and then you're off. Okay. Catch you up. Yeah. And then you can go deeper on the you can go deeper on the yoga. You can get the yogis in. It depends whether any yogis listen to this one, doesn't it? Well, what my point is that if you have your own, you can have it just for yogis. Whereas my audience is kind of a bit broader with kind of commercial gyms and a bit of nutrition and a bit of this and a bit of that. So, Okay. I love a good bit of nutrition. Porridge before bed. Is it still working? It does actually, yeah. I forget to do it, but when when I do, I I sleep really deeply. Yeah, it's nice. So this comes back to when we... We had some sessions about in the gym around 
it was a bit of everything, wasn't it? It was look after your knee as well. Look knee, after my knees. The knee was a bit poorly and you were kind of struggling to sleep but having porridge for breakfast. So I, my kind of intervention is maybe too strong a word, was why don't you have your porridge before you go to bed to get that nice yeah. carb satisfaction, that warming, yeah. happy feeling mm-hmm. would relax you to help you sleep and you still do it today. Yes, yeah, and it still works. I did it last night. I've got a trapped nerve in my back, sciatic nerve. So did child's pose, hot water bottle, porridge, out like a lion. Perfect. Yeah. Perfecto. Right, so coming soon, the Miz Yoga Podcast. What are you going to call it? I have no idea at the moment. You've put me on the spot. Well, think about it. I'll okay. help you. I'll show you how you do all the uploads. I'll sit here okay. and ask you questions if you want me to. Okay. <laughs> I'll think about it. I think you should do it. Okay. It could be amazing. Yeah, maybe. Specialisation. Yeah. Okay. What have you got for the rest of the week, apart from putting all your boxes in your... How are you moving? You've got to do it car, lots of journeys. Have you got a van? Um, We've got a couple of friends with cars um, because we've got a couple of weeks to move house. So um, it's not like we've got to get it all done in one day. So I've packed up. You can see the empty bookshelves. The books are all gone. We're going to empty the kitchen, get a car, clean, paint, all that exciting stuff. How's the record player? Is it standing up to this transit? I hope it will do. Yes, yeah, my beautiful vintage record player. I've got some. I've got some old blankets that it's going to be wrapped in. Yeah. So it travelled here really well. Actually, it got one little chip in the corner of it, but it's in still in perfect working order. So I think it can make it to the other side of town. Okay. Fingers crossed. That's the most important thing. Yeah. <laughs> right we'll see you soon on the Miz yoga podcast it will see yeah amazing <laughs> thanks Ross. Right. right thank you thank you with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.